Down Know Nothing podcast focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they're shit or art, from A to break your heart, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. You made me guess who was it. That <laughs> was my co host, Evan. When he's older, look he in the eye. It's my co host, Saker. <laughs> when he's older, look he in the eye. Yeah, it's like one of those like biblical things, like. Look ye upon the mount on which you see the five angels on which standing there were three of them with the heads of lions, and lo, did they look sure. upon the tribes of Israel and speak unto the land, and it was good. And from the cracks sprang wheat and sorghum in the plenty, and the Canaanites ran for the terrors of the streels, the fields, and were traced upon by many chariots. No, that was incredibly impressive from from just zero to sixty Bible verses. Well, I read, a, I play a lot of games. And I read uh-huh. a lot of, like, ancient history. So you just uh, sure. string together, like, a nonsense meme salad of stuff that happened in the ancient times and nonsense. Sure, 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 sure. What's your What's your favorite Bible verse? Mm. And lo shall they be a plenty. Oh, that's for, pretty for good. For unto them shall be given the nation of Israel, and locusts <laughs> shall feast upon the bones of the non-believers, and so shall it be said by unto thee, and thee will be unto thee. And thee will be unto thee? Yeah, they've been talking about... It's it's revelations, so, you know, it's all, like, scorpions with the faces of men and, like, sentient sure. razor blades and that sort of stuff. My favorite Bible verse is going to be... I mean, the uh, Bible is just basically, like, the buzzfeed of all of Jesus' disciples. Like, they just, like... Sure. It's like a listicle of all of Jesus... <laughs> of what Jesus' disciples may or may not have written. See, the fun thing to do... The fun thing to do is to uh, uh, just uh, come up with uh, a book... And then go ahead and type in some random numbers. So my, my favorite Bible passage is uh, e- e- Ecclesiastes uh, 22.7. Oh, yeah. The so letter, my f- Ecclesiastes letter to the Corinthians. I get it. Yes. Who, whoso teacheth a fool is as one that glueth a pot shirred together and as he that waketh one from a sound sleep. That's my favorite Bible verse. Hey, idiot, don't wake me up. I'm taking a fucking nap. And lo, God said. They're saying you can't. I mean, that's actually pretty uh, prescient, like, for internet culture. Like, mm. it's, it's like, prescient to arguing to, with idiots on Facebook, right? Or sure. Twitter or wherever you, wherever you go to argue with idiots on the internet. Sure. Like, you know, it's better to spend your time gluing tiny pieces of pottery back together because you'll have just as much fucking result, right? <laughs> What's your now? Give me your 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 most famous actual favorite. Uh, uh, I think you really love uh, you Revelation, love John Revelations. Okay. Oh boy, this is gonna be a good one. Uh, Revelations forty six thirty two. Forty six thirty two. Ev's favorite Bible verse is that does not exist. <laughs> That's too high a number. Oh, Let's okay. Revel- I see. You're not using the uh, <laughs> the the full Bible then. <laughs> That's correct. I'm using the uh, King James partial. My favorite Bible. And lo shall he have upon his head that crown which is a lion, and upon the lion's brow shall be six gems, and each of them represents one of the tribes of Israel. And so (sighs) unto them shall sign an amethyst, and a ruby, a diamond, garnet, and cat's eye. And unto them shall be given four rubies, and each ruby shall be placed upon a gold sepulcher, and the sepulcher shall be... uh, shall be sanctified... Are you doing this from memory? Without the... without the... um, without... The, sorry, without the riveting, 
No, I'm just trying to think of what, what the, the, the wording is, because I know he's talking about unblemished hecatombs, but he's not saying to sacrifice them, because that's a thing you don't sacrifice anymore. Um, so without the passing of one hun- with one unblemished hecatomb. That all checks out to me. Yeah, and I mean, unblemished choose... hecatomb is, I think, 100 oxen. Here's what we're so... doing. What we're doing is... I'm I'm trying to come up with a fun game that we can play, and you are showing up how much you know about the Bible, which is a fun game, I guess. I'm making up Bible-sounding verses. That's not uh, was me. that all. Yeah. Was that all improv? Yeah. Fuck. I, I told you that that I'm I'm. This is one of the things. I guess this is my skill now. I it just really like, is. I should be like, hey guys, is this thing on? Uh, you're a great crowd tonight. <laughs> oh man, I love Baltimore. I love Baltimore. So Baltimore reminds me of my favorite Bible verse. You know. You know. Wherein uh, Matthew took upon himself the uh, uh, <laughs> cloak, the cloak of eternal uh, staring. Uh, well, CC. staring. Sorry, I'm, I'm a little nervous here. I'm a little nervous here. You guys know it was the eyed cloak, right? The bee-eyed cloak. Um, and, you know, from the various uh, versions of the Bible. Thank you for coming to my TikTok. Sure, sure. Thank you for coming to my I'm, TikTok. Thank you for coming to my TikTok. <laughs> has it been done? Thank you for coming to my TikTok. I hope it has. That's a very good meme. Um, boy, oh hey, boy. Let me see our, if I can do one. This come here for is a prime Bible improvisation. Bible TikToks. Let me do one. Okay. And lo, Joseph did come down from the mountain, and upon the mountain he did seeth one goat. And the goat saith unto him, You, Joseph, are my chosen one, and thee shall be forever taken into thine Lord's bosom. And the Lord saith unto thee, One piece of lettuce. Two pieces of eggplant, three pieces of milk, and lo, the Lord did read his grocery list pieces unto Joseph through the <laughs> through the goat's mouth. That's my favorite Bible verse. Uh, yeah. That's uh, Kroger twenty six two. And when I Joseph hath, de- hath returned, he saw upon upon his children the mark of the beast, for they were worshiping the calf of the Canaanites. Sure. Yes. Very good. Yes. Yeah, see, yours sound too convincing. They. <laughs> Well, like, see, the thing is, I think I think that the problem was is you made yours t- a little too coherent. Oh, sure. Okay. So it has to be it has to be just verging on incoherent. <laughs> Got it. Okay, boy, you're Gosh, really going I hope, in. I hope there are no literalist Christian listeners out there. <laughs> if so, go- <laughs> don't read the Bible literally. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. You're going in hard on the Bible today. You're going in hard on our Christian listeners. Hey. Hey, nothing against Christians. I just said literalists. If you're going to take sure. a literal passage from a, a metaphorical text and try and use that to say that gay people shouldn't have rights. Right. That's yeah. Not, that's not where I'm at. Okay. All right. That's in fair, my, In my mental headspace, my personal headspace. And you know what? God fucking hates you. <laughs> Damn. Because you're, oh, you're... you're taking the Lord's uh, word in vain. That's horrible. Now that's, you're, that's, what you're you're... that's exactly what you're not supposed to do. Ev, now you're going too far the other way. We have to please yeah. all of our listeners. Okay. So, um... <laughs> christians <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of good ideas out there a lot of good ideas Thank floating you. around got a lot of good people on both sides of yeah i got a lot of i got a lot of christian friends uh i was sure. raised catholic <laughs> i think so. i've been to church tw- twice in my oh, i mean i've been Jesus. to funerals and weddings and shit but i think like for service i've only been twice in my life both times with my grandparents like at least once a week from like when i was Christ. as long, far back as i can remember to when i was old enough for them to, to not be able to be dragged to church right and i and i always hated it it was so boring and like i could pay they're like my mom my mom trying to sell it to me and being like oh yeah you're gonna love it they've got a guy who plays a guitar there and i'm like Ooh, <laughs> a fucking guy who plays a guitar there great and you uh, went to a cool ass church yeah well it wasn't because we're catholic so we didn't even have like the sure. youth pastor who was like hey you know 
tubular dude like <laughs> who's your favorite ninja turtle yeah, did you know oh, leonardo he reminds me a lot of a guy called jesus christ he reminds me a lot of actual leonardo who was very religious and then oh, he would just talk to you go. about like that sort of stuff except that uh they were all fucking italian catholic so sure sure but the, all the cool youth pastors are in like protestant churches which i Man, never went to i love that selling point there's a guy with a, you could have like you could go to i don't know a street corner downtown and enjoy the same thing that you would get in church here's a guy with a guitar enjoy what fun well uh, if he's thinking about god though sure yeah. that's true you know that's probably true in both scenarios as well the well, I, uh, I was allowed to read i was allowed to read in church but i could only read bible related stuff so i could really read the bible i could read like the children's bible or i could read history texts that dealt with biblical stuff so is I that can, what you chose yes so i was reading about that, like like the the the, is, the wars and the, the israelites and then like the fight the um like masada and like the, the israel rebellion against the roman legions and things like that and i'm just like oh yeah this is fine i could do this christ good god you were a different child than me i was getting pumped up over anamorphs i don't know we are we come from different places i'm sorry do you know um jesus was the first anamorph I got a little friend for you. His name is Jesus Christ. <laughs> you think it's, yeah, 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 yeah. He can, why do you think Tobias can transform into a hawk? That's the power of Jesus Christ. That's right. Believe in him and you too can Animals be uh... hidden. Uh, it's like Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe, right? <laughs> yeah. I think we've talked about K.A. Applegate on the show before and how yep. she just fucking kicks ass. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ebo, uh, speaking of kicking ass, we kicked eight albums worth of ass so mm. far. And now welcome the albums to the PPE. And welcome to the PPE. The albums kick our asses at this point. I think that's how it goes. Is the, the tables have finally In turned on us. In the PPE, album kicks your ass. <laughs> I love Yakov Page, my favorite. Um, yeah, I I I'm nervous now that I'm here. I'm apprehensive. I'm not feeling good about this whole thing. Um, but you know, we got to do what we got to do. We took don't, a solemn vow. Hey, don't pre-shit the bed, right? Don't appreciate the bed. You're right. I, we've had people who said I'm appreciating the bed for you specifically. Mm -hmm. So, but I think we have, we have looking at it through a lens, eight albums in, and we have five to go really, because the fifth album will be out before we're done with this podcast. So, um, so we're way more than halfway done, mm -hmm. which is fun. It's interesting. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we're killing it. We're actually doing way better than I thought we would do. I thought we would have given up near Bopes or something. Well, um, you forgot that my uh, frankly unhealthy sense of obligation would keep <laughs> me doing it all the way through. I'm into it. Hey, you're helping me out. Help me help you, my friend. Mm. Speaking of, let's get into this week's song. <laughs> this week's song is called You Run Away. And if you've never heard it before, here's a quick sample. turn and stay oh you run away ev mm -hmm. right off the bat what a fucking swing they yeah. they're they're stealing thunder right because ed wants it to be known that steve is not here anymore 
Mm-hmm. And here's a fucking goodbye Steve song. But this is like he was he's stealing the thunder, right? Mm-hmm. People don't have to wonder how he feels about the situation because that's the lead single from this album is Fuck You Steve. What a wild tune to start with. Yeah. Um and I mean it's another it's another down song. Like they started yes. the last like three or four albums with, right? I don't think the last one we ever got was a uh, um you say why does everything but doom around you i don't remember the actual name uh good falling falling for the first time falling for the first time (laughs) falling for the first time yep yes um testing one two three no what's the other one uh what are you what are what are we talking about the first the lead-off songs on albums well like serendipity was the last one that's an up-tempo one Uh, uh no it isn't we're called serendipity but it's not like yeah a, it's not a jazzy song like it's not gonna like it doesn't like i want my uh i want my starting songs to like fucking uh, grab me and get me excited to be part of this album okay it's like when you go to a party and the host like open just opens the door and walks away okay it's like what sure. it's like what this what, what like this last like four or five album songs have been like oh hey and then just like walks away as opposed to like oh man i'm so happy to see you here hey can i get you a drink can i get you anything can i do anything like I want, a ty- I want Tyler meeting me at the door. I don't want like yeah. Steve mid depression meeting me at the door. Sure, sure, sure. Well, let's let's go back because I think I disagree with you on serendipity. I think that one was welcoming us to the album, but before that, we did have a drift, which I'm totally on your side with. You had 29 tracks to choose from, and that's the thesis you chose mm-hmm. was a drift, which is fucked up. Like <laughs> that and then, sucks. Uh, and then like celebrity, celebrity. Yeah, I think those are the last three albums openers, and they were all real sort of they were all kind of i mean it wasn't like a you say like that it wasn't like a just a punch i want to i want to punch to the gut when i get to an album yeah 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 oh by the way too little too late was the song we were both thinking of not falling for the first time i'm a (laughs) dum-dum but yeah i i I guess so and this definitely was not a punch this was some adult contemporary music this was yeah they are like they are definitely pivoting here and i'm curious as to whether this is going to continue or this is just going to be like if this is if this is what they if this is who they are now, yeah, I am kind of curious too. So you think you think we're done with party rocking in the house tonight? Do you think we're? I think we're. We might be. Are we done with party rocking in the house? Are we done? I don't know. I'm just guessing. Like, are we done with party rocking in the house? Are we done with like silly songs about stuff? I know we're done with bad boyfriend songs. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Presumably. I mean, unless Ed decides to that that was a, an important part of the oeuvre of the of the ladies. Maybe Ed takes over bad boyfriend duties. I don't know. Well, I think that could be interesting. For, uh, adult contemporary, uh, verging into country from Ed. I think we're into some breathy vocals from Kev, and I think we're into some weird shit from Jim. Yeah, I I am one hundred percent on your side. I think that's exactly what's going to happen here. Um. So so we're starting it off with with you run away, and we're clearly pivoting to a different sound yeah um this had hard 2003 energy for me like it it, it sounded so much like Coldplay for me yeah, like or like keen or like um what's ed sheeran or like even like yes. a radiohead where they're going like the like i was getting like hard early aughts energy from this yes yeah even though especially it came out in 2010 yeah when when ed is doing that like over the core the final chorus like it's truly like this is going to be a big adult radio hit it felt like it's not something to lie about 
Um, but it felt like he was doing it by by aping. I feel like Bare Naked Ladies up to this point have always done their own thin thing and succeeded on their own merits. Mm-hmm. This one, it truly sounds like he's trying to be a band that they are not. It feels like. Um, I don't. What do you, do you think? That's no, valid. Uh, yeah, no disagreement there. Uh, okay. From me. Yeah. yeah, I think that they were. And again, they might make this work for them, and I, I yeah. want, I want to see what they're like. I don't think this is necessarily. I didn't dislike this song. Okay, well, I did. Let's go, let's okay. go there. Okay. I was not a fan. Like I did, I liked parts of it. I mean, speaking of of Coldplay, I like you know, there's there's the part where Ed is saying "run" over the final chorus. I like what the guitar is doing. I like all mm-hmm. that, but I I think I like it because it is aping something that's already very popular and marketable. Mm -hmm. Like, so it makes me feel cheapened by the experience, I guess. Well, I mean, this song had way less whimsy than like, I mean, like if you went like from Gordon to this. Oh Jesus. Can you imagine the whiplash? You you can't even imagine that. Like they don't even seem like the same band, right? Yeah. Oh no. 100% different. Yeah. Um, But again, I don't, I, I don't think artists should be tied to a certain musical style or anything like that. So again, like I'm waiting to see if they can make this work for them. And like, I don't think they like they didn't shit the bed for this for, for me yet with this. Okay. So like, I, mean, I think that they're, I'm, I'm looking forward to what they do with adult contemporary. Sure. I am with you. They didn't shit the bed for me either yet, but they certainly have not started off on a good foot. And this is coming from somebody who I liked celebrity. Uh, like I, I like I think that songs that are if they don't have to be a punch to the gut they don't yeah. have to be the host of the party meeting me at the door they just have to do something interesting. Not every song should make you cream your jeans, Saker. That's true. I would prefer that they did. Is that weird? I mean, who wants fewer orgasms? Uh, I think there's a like a diminishing returns with regards to orgasms, right? <laughs> I guess. Do you have you ever seen that clip from like Sally Jesse Raphael of like the woman who is orgasming all the time? Like she just no. that's that part of her brain is always going off for some reason. That seems like a nightmare. Yeah, it was. It's horrifying. <laughs> she hates it. But I mean, if I could put on, I guess it's just easier masturbation, right? If I could put on the Bernicked Ladies anytime and just have an orgasm, I guess mm-hmm. it's the same as. I guess so. I guess I kind of already have the means to do that. So you have to like tease yourself by putting on like Weird Al and uh, um, and they might be giants. giants. You're like, yes. you're edging with, with, like teeth. Yeah. <laughs> but I wonder, I wonder if you could Pavlov yourself, if every time that I jerked off, if I did it listening to uh, Snack Time, if then every time I heard Snack Time, something in my brain would go off and I would get a boner and be edging myself. Do you think that's possible? I don't, I don't know if you'd want to do that. No, but do you think I could? Probably you could, I mean, almost like, I feel like operant conditioning is pretty powerful. So I feel like if you were dedicated to doing that, sure, you could could make that happen. But at the same time, you know, I don't know that you'd want to, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You're right. Um, I did, I... I compared this specifically to something in Gordon, by the way, in my, in my notes. I said, this song is, is trying really hard to be pretty, but I don't think it succeeds for me because it feels try hard. And I couldn't figure out what specifically differentiated it from, say, a Brian Wilson. Mm-hmm. So, like, what, what, why doesn't this song succeed where that one definitely, is it the lushness? Is it the specificity? Because we don't have a whole lot of specifics in this mm-hmm. song. Um, it's very, very general. Where do you think this fails where other songs that are like it kind of succeed? See, I feel like that's a false premise because you asked me. Uh, it's like, 
I thought we were on the same like, page. I know you didn't dislike it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, this song does fail. A couple, like, I felt like there was another better song in here. And I was getting right. like, little flashes of it. And that made me like the song less because I'm like, why not just write the song that I want to hear? But then okay. again, like, I don't think, again, I don't think this is a bad song. So yeah. I don't think this song fails as a whole. I think it just does exactly what it's supposed to do, which is put a adult temp- contemporary radio hit on the airwaves with the least amount of like emotional sure. effort on their sure. part or songwriting effort on their part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm into that. And, and speaking of the airwaves, uh, this hit uh, on the U.S. Billboard, uh, number 19 on adult alternative songs and number 21 on adult pop songs, far from their glory days. Uh, on Canada's adult contemporary, it did hit number five. So that's a little something tasty yeah, for them. I'm wondering, like, like what, what are the, um, what's the competition like? Yeah, that's true. What, what this was 2010. Uh, I could, I could look that up. Are you interested? No. Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah, neither am I. That seems like a lot like, of work. Uh, something like I want to do is like listen to like the adult contemporary chart from like 2010 to see where this album is like landing. But it's not sure. something I want to do on the podcast. Sure, sure, sure. That makes sense. Okay, fair enough. And we're gonna put uh, a little bit of number one adult contemporary 2010 in right here. It's a quarter after one. I'm all alone and I need you now. Said I wouldn't come, but I lost. That's right. You heard it. You heard it here. That was the number one adult contemporary hitless song on in Canada or America. I don't know. Whatever state it shows. <laughs> this is very, very unspecific. Wait, leave a space, and then I'm gonna have you go back and record the name of the song, uh, and we're gonna drop it in right here. So say say that song was called. That song was called. Need you now by Lady Antebellum, or Lady A. Also, I couldn't get Evan to record this. Great, thank you, Ev. Wonderful, good to know. Okay. Um, Wait, do I actually have to say the song name? Or... Yeah, we'll come. We'll come back. I'm gonna have you uh, we'll do come, another record. We'll I'll text it to you later. To it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This, like I said, there's some stuff I liked in this song. I love songs that have like the chorus and then like loop various things over mm-hmm. it for like this big joyous ending. That's always a lot of fun. Kev is coming in crystal clear, not just in the ending, although specifically there. Um, but all throughout this song, we get a lot of Kev, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm I'm very excited to hear a lot of Kev on this album. It's going to be a blast. Um, you and me but, both. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ty is kicking some ass over the like the 30 seconds before Coldplay. There's these like big deep drums with great fills. Like it's his moments before br- Coldplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, that's what I called that section Coldplay again and again in my notes. It just reminded me so much of it. I tried, but you tried harder. I lied, but you lied smarter. You made me. Like, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think Kev really is the star of this one for mm-hmm. me, even though Ed is very much fronting it. I like his little like sparse piano mumblings that he's doing every so often. I think the best part of the song is when he himself is backing up those, like the classical piano over the big wavy synths. I mean, it's cool. It sounds like, good. I mean, he always, he always does good. I mean, I'm missing his like, you know, Napster sound pack that he likes to yes. use like, yes, yes, like yes. wah wahs and things. but I feel like those would have been 
that would have been a big swing on this one where if he's like yes. if, if ed's like with it comes in with like that reverby guitar <laughs> and um yeah, like i i just felt like the reverb on the piano in the car gave the opening like just it sounded like a u2 song for me yeah like it was like every u2 song sounds kind of yeah sounds kind of the same it does this song sounded like it was made in a laboratory to be like maybe that's maybe it just felt soulless but it truly felt like let's put you two in there let's put Coldplay in there let's put keen in there like it felt like they were just like i don't know putting them all together to create this franken song like the bare naked lady or bare naked ladies are cynical enough to do that like oh let's write a radio hit i feel like they were genuinely trying to incorporate new musical styles like styles of the time into their oeuvre and i feel like ed was like you know we need to be out in front and like figure this out and do and do what we need to do so let's write a really like emotionally jarring song to show to like show the separation between then and now we have we as a band have moved from the ppe into the ppe yeah and uh, we want to make that clear that we're no longer the the bnl who you know sing about sad boyfriends who are pieces of shit Right. We're gonna sing about sad relationships in the band that were, were both pieces of shit. That's this. Do you see the difference this, there, though? Do you see the difference between yes, those two things? But you're just pulling it right out. This is kind of a bad boyfriend song. Yeah, I know. I mean, in, <laughs> <laughs> if we're going for the very most basic, like it's about a relationship where one of the people was a bad boy. Uh, Granted, like this of them is are bad boys. Well, yeah, which is. I mean, we can we can talk a little about the lyrics here because we're kind of moving to it. But like Ed is Ed seems to admit to his own culpability in this song a yeah. little bit in Steve's leaving. I made a mess. Who doesn't? I made a mess. Who doesn't? I did my best, but it wasn't enough. What do you think he was culpable in? I don't know. I just feel like. In any long-term relationship where you're as close as, say, I don't know, two bandmates who have been together for 25, 30 years or however long they've been together, like, you're going to have a lot of really gray areas with regard to your relationship. And I, I sure, I find it I find it almost impossible for anyone to get out of a long-term relationship and not, not see themselves at least marginally, unless you're a sociopath. Like, you're not going to, I mean, you're, it takes two to tango, right? So you're going to see yourself, even if it's sure. not true. Um, you're going to see yourself as marginally competent or um, responsible for uh, the activities that took place or the, um, sure. the, the disconnects and things like that. Because yeah, it's a relationship, there... right? It's a give and take. Yeah, yeah. There, but there, there is a lot of wild, I feel like emotional whiplash within the song where Ed is saying like, listen, I know I fucked up. You fucked up. We both fucked up. And like seconds later, he's like, I'll give you something to cry about. Huh? You want to cry? You little, you little pussy? Like, Hold a mirror at shoulder high and look yourself in the eye when you grow up. Can can we talk about that line? I wrote, this verse is baffling. I'll give you something to cry about. One thing you should... Okay, number one. I'll give you something to cry about. One thing you should try out <laughs> is <laughs> lyrics almost as stretchy as my old dad. Like, one thing, real bad. comma, you should try it out. <laughs> sure. It's just very bad. So I'll give you something to cry about. One thing, you should try it out. Hold a mirror shoulder high. When you're older, look you in the eye. I'll give you something you can cry about. One thing you should try.
is he saying? Okay, my take on that is that he's calling Steve a child, right? I, I, yeah, like grow up. I yeah, kind Steve's of understand. He's a baby. He's crying about, you know, whatever. Um, he was doing a bunch of coke because his girlfriend bought, like, like visibly and obviously doing a bunch of coke because his girlfriend broke up with him, and he's dealing with depression issues. And again, that none of that. I don't know. None of that. Uh, uh like. It, we're just talking about the relationship between Ed and Steve here. So I think that's that Ed feels somewhat betrayed and that Steve is childish. And you know what? Like based on what I've read and heard about Steve in his personal relationships and whatnot, that, that seems like a fair characterization from Ed's perspective. Okay. Sure. That he needs to grow up. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm just, and I agree. I think that's exactly what he's saying here is grow I mean, up. You're speaking to a man child. He's speaking to a man child. Saker. Speak slowly. Speak slowly. Yeah. Um, I don't understand what he's telling Steve to do is more pri- my problem. Hold a mirror shoulder high. So put the f- put the mirror up on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. And then when you're older, look yourself in the eye. When you grow what, up. Do I have to hold that look mirror? Look yourself and tell- in the eye and then f- realize the culpability that you have in being a piece of shit in this relationship. Why not? I mean, it just seems like the, the commands here are in the wrong order. It should be grow up. Then hold the mirror up. That's the I'm not gonna problem hold this, you have here. <laughs> I'm not going to hold That's this mirror up until I grow up. Also, I think it's ambiguous. When you're older, look you in the eye is a real shittily written line. That's like, when you're older, look me in the eye. Look yourself in the eye. I like, think it's, a, it's, a, um, it's an attempt at a BNL pivot that just doesn't quite land. Stick the landing. Yeah, I guess. I. Yeah, I, I just, I, I felt like, okay. Hold a mirror, shoulder high. Sounds like we're summoning a fucking demon. <laughs> Hold a mirror, shoulder high. When you're older, look you in the eye. <laughs> what am I? Boy, I hope we get the riddle wheel for this Jesus one. Christ. That's not the only grammatical thing that I hated in this song. You made me guess who was it. <laughs> it hurts me to hear every time. Not only is it grammatically confusing, even if it were straightened out, what the fuck are you talking about? Smarter. Made me guess who was it? I did my best. You like, made me guess, comma, or semicolon. Who was it? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> like just, you made you me guess. Add some proper punctuation. The Oxford semicolon will make that. Uh... <laughs> you made me guess what? The who Rutgers, was the Rutgers semicolon? Who was who? What are you fucking talking about, Ed? Like he's. He... See, I think this is where this is where your uh, specificity as the soul of narrative falls apart because he's being incredibly specific. So he's writing this song for Steve, right? For Steve to hear, yeah, and to feel like a piece of shit because Ed wants him to feel like a piece of shit and to, like there to be a clean break and whatever, right? And, uh, so I think that you're not the intended audience for this song, and that's where this song falls apart on some levels, like where you yeah. can read and just say, "Oh yeah, he's just talking about something very personal with sure. regards to Steve." yeah okay yeah that's interesting i wonder i wonder if there's like fucking in jokes in this song that are like between those two like you know one time steve held a mirror shoulder high and ed said oh we're gonna laugh about this one day (laughs) and he put it on the fucking track or something um interesting what i didn't like was the uh like the you could turn and stay line because i mean it's pretty clear that steve wasn't keen on leaving the band and the other bandmates pressured him to do it well now it's interesting that you say that because have you ever read any interviews with them them yeah i mean steve 
yeah. has, said, has said basically that, that he was kind of pressured to leave. I mean, yeah, I think at the time, yeah, maybe, maybe in retro, I haven't read anything newer, but at the time he was like, hey, you know, we just kind of wanted to do our own thing. And hey, now you get the best of both worlds because you get Bare Naked Ladies and you get Stephen Page. It's like double Bare Naked Ladies for you. And he was really framing it as like, Listen, now you get two Christmases. Well, I know we, mommy and daddy are before, divorcing. Steve needs help. Uh, so he needs he needs all the money he can get, <laughs> he right? He needs all the money he can get. It's true. He can't split it five ways anymore. Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, Kev, the, the final line of the song being Kev singing, I did my best, but it wasn't enough, <laughs> makes me feel like he like is really taking the divorce personally. Oh, I think yeah. he's the child in this divorce. I honestly feel like Kev was the peacemaker for the long time. Like I feel like DNL would have broken up after like Maroon if not for Kev. <laughs> it, that might be true. <laughs> God, it all fell down on his shoulders. Our beautiful Atlas. Ugh. I, beautiful slope-shouldered hemophiliac Atlas, <laughs> Kev. I, I truly, we've, I mean, I, again, we're creating our own personal canon, but if you asked me before the show started who my favorite member of the Bare Naked Ladies was, Kev would not have entered my <laughs> brain. But now, without a second's hesitation, I would tell you that my little herd bird is the best Bare Naked Lady yeah. by a landslide. We're, we're BNL hipsters now, for sure. Now, we truly, truly, truly are. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Have you yeah. Heard and, Thin Buckle. Have you even listened to them? Uh, uh, the cousins. Are you a big cousins man? Because if you <laughs> haven't listened to them, Harlan Williams' voice is just transcendent. Uh. Yeah. Tyler and there, the Juice Pigs. There's a. <laughs> Ed claims that this song is partially about Steve, which is the biggest load of horse shit I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he said that. Uh, like, wasn't the interview, like, people have been reading a lot into this, a lot into You Run Away, but honestly, it could be about anyone I was in a band with for 20 years, is what he said. Like, his <laughs> is that what he, anyone yeah. I was in a band with? So. It could have been with any of those bandmates I just kicked out last year. <laughs> what a shitty, dumb thing to say, Ed. Oh, boy. Um, Ev, that's all I had about the song itself. Did you yeah. have anything else about the song? No, no. Okay. Let's do some Let's... video talk. Yeah, oh boy. I believe this might be the only video from this album. Doesn't, um, the, doesn't the next radio hit have one? The um, Cars maybe. Passing or whatever it's called. I don't remember what, what the next song is. Uh, Yeah, I, I could be watching the Northern Lights. I don't know. Who I knows? fucking, who knows? I know there were, two, there were two singles from this album, and I feel like that one might have a, a similarly basic video. Okay, interesting. Yeah, because this video was hella basic um and not basic like as in like you're basic i mean this is like it was kind of a they just obviously got a bunch of actors and the the uh, director was like oh you're gonna love this idea i have what if everybody was wait for it running (laughs) good but hold on i'm not done what if we worked really hard to make the viewer nauseated the entire time <laughs> during the video? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's at, like he's... a bunch of st- like you know how how videos are basically moving pictures. <laughs> what if we took out like you know you have like twelve frames per second, sixteen frames per second, like high def that sort of stuff. What if you made it one frame <laughs> per three seconds? What if we did it that way and like totally turned video on its head? You'd be basically Listen. you'd be basically you know like a picture's worth a thousand words we'd just be showing them picture like uh every five seconds and then that would be worth like five thousand words 
And I, so you see what I'm doing here. I'm, I'm totally McGing you. I'm selling you in the room, aren't I? <laughs> I'm a great director, but I do want you to know that the only software I have access to is Windows Photo Gallery. So all I can do is set up like a slideshow. Is that okay? I hope that's okay. But see, the thing uh, is, we're going to work with that rather than let that constrain us. So that's going to be our <laughs> shtick. <laughs> yeah, this video fucking sucks. It's real, real bad. Um, we have, for a moment, uh, for just a fucking moment, I had to like... I had a moment. I'm like, oh my god, is this a Ladyverse video? But then no, no, they were. Just I wrote Ladyverse. There's we we have the ladies showing up again and again in different uh, right. parts of this video. Be, it could be just like different, like them in scenes where people are running. But like if they were in, if like half the people were bare naked ladies, that would be the Ladyverse. I don't we know. do. I this think is a, this, in... is an, this is an on the uh, on the on the on the. Uh, in the liminal zone for me with regards maybe to so but i feel like even like in the airplane sequence we see like tyler and then we see another tyler and then we see another tyler and another kev like right but so he's we... like but the thing is they're showing the same they're showing like the the freeze frames five seconds so it's the same tyler you're seeing the same guy sleeping in the thing like you're not seeing like tyler sleeping and then tyler like awake and then tyler eating a hoagie you're just seeing tyler in the same position yeah but but the camera is going constantly forward so presumably if we're following the I, do you see what I'm saying? I like, see what you're saying. I just, I'm, you're not, you're not <laughs> selling me on this, Mick G. All right, fair enough, fair enough. You're gonna love my PowerPoint that I constructed oh, of please, this please. video. I cannot say no to a PowerPoint. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're, it's interspersed. These weird like stop motion animations are interspersed with like just Ed and the band all in black playing in a black room. Oh my god, it was like um, alternative. Was it alternative girlfriend? No. What was the one they did from? Was it a? Uh, oh, uh, call and answer. No, is... it was the one that was the the uh, the joke alternative video, where they're literally smashing a pumpkin. And, oh uh, fuck yeah! I I can't remember which one that was, but yes, I remember. It's a really good pod where we uh, struggle to remember. It's the Know Nothing podcast. Don't yell at us. You cannot yell at us. You're not allowed. We don't know anything, and we claim it right up top. <laughs> um, but yeah, I could kind of see that. But like everything in this video is so on the nose like hey we're sad let's dress up in black in a black room hey the song's called you run away let's have people running away like it's the most just like touching your nose over and over again video i've ever seen um though it, yeah it, i i wrote it's the matrix meets squiggle vision do you remember squiggle vision <laughs> that all, no. home movies T- tell Dr. me Katz? all about squiggle vision please oh it was an animation style in which the characters would stand still but their outlines would move you never watched dr cats or home movies oh yeah yeah okay yeah that's it because it made me it, this made me feel sick to watch just like much like squiggle vision made i think a lot of people feel sick um it kind of reminded me of testing one two three a little bit well this is Um, actually isn't this the first video they've appeared in since they've appeared in person in since testing one two three uh that's interesting maybe so yeah like that was testing one two three was like 2000 and like two or 2003 2003 and uh so this is seven years later it's like i felt like going it's like when you go when you the first time you realize your parents are old like you like because you know, like you've been growing up with them and they just seem like constants in your life and you like go away to college or you like go yeah. away get you know your first job or you get your first apartment or like you just leave the home for a length of time longer than like a week or two yes and you come back and your parents suddenly look super old to you yes yeah and you're like oh my god or you're so this like, is like it's like looking at bnl like oh my god ed has gray hair you know yeah Tyler's uh, well, bald i'm, I'm sure I'm sure this, I'm sure the breakup took a toll on them. You know, I'm, I'm sure it's exactly the same. Yeah. Well, he's ageless. Uh, 
I, I'm sure it wasn't just the passage of time. I think it may have also been the stress on the boys. Um, one thing that hasn't changed. I mean, Ken, I think Kev has almost always been salt and pepper for me in my like yeah. in my mind. Even when I look back on like sure. the previous videos, like the first one I remember him being in was the shoebox video. And like, even though I think he has brown hair in that video, I see him in my mind with gray hair. <laughs> That's interesting. Like, I've like a uh, he's got he's like a little silver boy, but like in the in this video, he's definitely kept up his like I don't belong in a video vibes. Yeah. Like he's he just looks he looks totally nonplussed and a really self conscious where he's like just jiggling around on the piano. Yeah. And like, okay, here I am, guys. <laughs> you know, I've heard that Ed named the album Silverball after Kev's pubes. Hmm. Is that correct? Or just have the, you read... the left the left nut. Yes, pubes. just his yes, his, the silver ball. Because correct. Kev has like a like a British badger look where his like his uh, pube hair is just like night black. But he's got uh-huh. like a silver streak just going down the back. Sure, and a actually, real Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, there was a there was a well, he named it Silver Ball because that was a uh, Ed and Steve. It's like a like mountain gorillas. Uh-huh. Oh, we were talking we were talking about cryptids, like yeah. six podcasts ago. Yes, yes, cryptids I vaguely remember. People thought were cryptids and that became real mountain gorillas. People didn't know that mountain gorillas existed. What? Yeah, mountain gorillas were a cryptid all the way up to like the mid nineteen hundred mid eighteen hundreds. Weird. Okay, yeah. interesting. So they're like like the tr- local tribes were like, yeah, there's these fucking like giant people who live in the fucking jungle who will rip you limb from limb if you fuck with them. And everyone oh in the Westerners are like, whatever. Uh, give me another quinine milkshake, please. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, they went up and they found these fucking mountain gorillas. So they were a cryptid yeah. that became real. So oh, that interesting. was one instance of something. Okay. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I feel like a. Uh, um, like, the boys are mountain gorillas. The the um yeah well not the, the boys are mountain gorillas and like with Steve leaving there's like a power vacuum so that's oh. where that's where Ed, that's where um Ed is like yeah I'm obviously the silverback here I'm the boss of the band sure but then Kevin's like oh yeah absolutely you are a hundred percent in charge of the band and like Ed just keeps watching because Tyler's not going to challenge him Tyler's of course a, not. Tyler's a, Tyler's a power bottom right he runs the band in secret Jim, yeah. Jim is too up in his fucking. He's he's in his uh, ivory tower of musical stylings to be anything. But Kev, Kev's the guy you gotta watch out for because he's sure so, he's so beta. Yeah. But he's like, so Ed is like checking him like top to bottom every day to see if he gets that silver back because that's when like the uh, when he, when the other when the the um, prime gorilla knows that the other other gorilla male gorillas are gonna challenge him is when they start getting those silver hairs right? really on their back. Yeah, because. Interesting. The, the silverback gorilla is the one that's in charge, and they grow the they they have the silver oh. back, right? The other the other male gorillas don't have that. Interesting. So then he found he found the silver pube on 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 Kev's one ball, and he's like, "That's it. We got to fight." Kev's like, "Yeah, what? I don't even understand." <laughs> the old silver ball. The old silver um, ball. Yeah. And Ke- and uh, Ed's like, you know what? Fuck you, Kev. We're gonna do an entire album up pinball. <laughs> How do you like that? How do you like that? Silverback. He's like. Ah. Okay, never mind. And then the one pube just goes pink and falls out. <laughs> I don't know that I don't know that Jim even regards the other Brandon ladies as humans. I think that yeah. they to him cuz he's a celestial being, so I think that he just views them as as more, you know, concepts. Maybe he when they talk, he doesn't listen. And he I think he's just with them. You know he he descends for each show. That's correct. They have yes. to like basically summon him. Yeah, usually it's just minutes before the show. They're always sweating. Steve is jumping up and down on stage and throwing a fit, uh, or he at least he was. Um, oh my god! For everything, we only have to do like four. Like which fucking chocolate bars are the Brandon Good Ladies? We can't. We don't do five anymore. We do four. Holy shit! Uh, wild. Um, hey, the video also had uh, my YouTube uh, comment of the week, uh, which was from the user. 
Uh, it was from the user Orbital Bliss five years ago. The comment was, this video makes me want to go to the Minnesota Genealogical Society. <laughs> Don't know what the fuck you're talking about, Orbital Bliss, but God, did that comment make me smile. I feel like I want to say that there was a lot of like uh, um, tension in the Minnesota Genealogical Society. Sure. Like, and he's like, yeah, fuck, man, they kicked me out because I was too, I was too serious. I was, I was into this cool thing called eugenics and they were just like, <laughs> oh boy, they were just not, not they, they didn't respect my phrenology. It just pissed me off. Um, Biology, neurology. You know? <laughs> did you watch, did you watch any, uh, numerology? There were, there were a thousand fucking videos. Like this was their, like they were trying so hard to make this a hit. They were yeah. hit, like. 106.5 the end yeah. 103.9 begins yeah 97.8 the wolf <laughs> like they were doing like all these fucking like big room shows basically yeah yeah and then there was some like like i watched one that was to a crowd of 35 which was very stripped down yeah, yeah i know exactly which one that one that was the they, bn that was the bl lounge tyler on the um shaker on the shaker on the egg shaker yeah. it was a lot of fun there were jim a, was doing like jim was it was an acoustic version and jim was doing like pizzicato on the bass which made yeah. it, it like they didn't mic it, which was weird. Yeah. So you could yeah. hear it was like a you could just hear the thrum, but you couldn't hear the notes. So it was like a heartbeat. Yeah. And then they had over they had over like over mic'd Kev's piano. So the piano would come in like dong and like just like <laughs> It felt weightier somehow stripped down like that. I thought that was an interesting version of yeah, it. I liked it. I liked it. I think they if 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 because there were a couple other acoustic versions where they actually like did the sound check right. Right. And uh, they sounded pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um a lot of rib fest videos. I saw a lot of like BNL at the Rib Shack, BNL, oh, which man. this was like a dark time for them. I think I don't but know. Wouldn't, wouldn't you like say like your band Two D Six has taken off? You've got like six hit singles. Oh no, actually you've got half a dozen hit singles. Sure, which is the exact same. Six, I was gonna I say, I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> you've got a dozen hit singles. Um, no, 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 scratch that. You have twelve. You have twelve hit singles, and uh, um, you are you're you're on your downswing, but they're like. You know, they're they're like, why don't you do Saker? You can do the rib trail or the bur- the barbecue trail. Stop talking right now because I'm yeah. fucking in. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ! Yeah, if I could parlay my celebrity into like getting free meals, that's yes. the only reason I would any- ever 100%, do anything ever again. Hundred percent, one hundred percent. I do feel like this was maybe Ty booked all these shows behind the back of the <laughs> other ladies, and they like locked them into a contract, so they had to. But like. Ty just wanted to truly blaze that rib trail. Yeah, um, I mean, like, if they did, like, they're like, okay, could you sing, like, the uh, Chili's Baby Back Rib song but for the one week <laughs> thing? And he's like, yeah, fuck, fuck it, man. How many burnt ends do I get? Yeah. Do I get brisket? Sure. It's been baby back, baby back, baby back. It's been baby back, baby Um, Yeah, but that's about it. There was a lot of, of live versions of it, and none of them were very interesting. But did you fuck, see the, there was there, so there was, like, a black and white version where it was kind of live. It was a 2012 version. And it was like black and white of them saying it was like a, a cut together concert video. Oh, I did see that. It was it was the was, actual like studio cut, but somebody just layered uh, footage over it. And it was totally fucking normal, except for two things. One of them was like every time they show Tyler, he's like playing the drums and also orgasming. <laughs> okay, I did not watch like, it. He's like it's like Tyler with the O face, like playing mm-hmm. the drums. Like oh, <laughs> here I go. He's and operant then, conditioned himself into coming whenever he hears the Vernicut ladies, which is bad if you're in the fucking band. <laughs> and then there was one like moment around four minutes into the song uh-huh. where it's just a normal cut thing, thing. And then it cuts to all the BNL boys, like looking back over their shoulders and it just cuts to a split second of Kevin jumping. I want to say five feet into the fucking air. 
like just like bam like he shot out of a fucking cannon <laughs> like what? what is going on here and it's just a split second of it and i had to watch it like four or five times like what is going on here i want to know what's going on there's no context for it no no it's just it's just like black and white cuts of ed with his fucking headphones in like i'm real sad today and then like then it, like ed's like looking over his shoulder like there's an explosion or something and then it cuts to kev leaping into the air easily That's his feet are easily five feet off the ground wild i need to rewatch this that sounds like some looney tunes shit happening it's on around stage. it's around four minutes it's around at the four minute mark okay wow interesting listeners i'm gonna put that video in the show notes so that you can you too can try to puzzle out what the fuck is happening to kev and why his acme roller skates chose that moment to go off and then uh then the other one that stuck out to me was like ann curry on the today show interviewing ed i didn't watch that one okay why is that oh, interesting? God. yeah they're playing they're playing uh you run away um on the today show because you right. know they have enough juice to get on the fucking today show which i of mean course. back in 2010 the today show is i mean old people still watch it right right so um but like jesus she did a horrible interview with him oh really how so, so she was like your your band has gone through a lot of changes um like you know with steven steven leaving the band and all that stuff and then you've had a you had a really rough year like you were in a plane crash with your wife your mom died like and then she just kind of like brushes that off and she's like and then also um also you got your hair colored or something like oh it, it was, god wait it was, can we go into the plane crash what yeah, happened apparently between... he was, ed was apparently ed was piloting a plane ed, ed like blows it off he's like yeah if i could ever get my fucking hands on that pilot i'll kill him oh my she god like, she like kind of like looks she like she obviously doesn't know what to say and he's like uh, i was the pilot <laughs> good and, god uh, yeah so apparently he was in a plane with his wife and there was a plane crash wow yeah and also he, his mom died he lost a- in that crash no no I think okay it, good it, like but the thing is like obviously like ann curry didn't know who bnl was didn't care who bnl was and then also got like a bullet point list of things to say unreal and she's like, oh plane crash um that sort of stuff she oh just did a God. terrible interview and I, I usually liked dan curry and i remember watching the today show back when i was like a kid my parents would watch it every morning and like yeah and the, but the song itself they do like no echo and no reverb so the song sounds really strange you just hear ed's voice that's awful jesus but Ugh. but what what you do hear is like tyler on the harmonies and you realize how important he is in the bnl harmonies and oh really actually, going back to the song that was one thing that I noticed was the harmonies sound fundamentally different without Steve. Yes. They're, they're not, I'm not saying str- it's bad. They just sound different. They are not as strong. I would say, I think Steve certainly brought something into the game that they, you know, that they're lacking now. Um, but, but it's like, a um, like the monkeys. Do you remember them? And they had pretty good harms. Yeah. Like daydream, daydream believer, um, last train to right. Clarksville or whatever the fuck that is. Like, and, um, everyone thinks that the lead singers were the guys, but actually it's Mickey Doolin, the drummer who is like really the guy who brings really? it in. So I think I'm wondering to what extent, like Tyler is the BNL sound. Interesting. That gets to my Tyler power bottom theory. Yes. Okay. So you think Tyler has become the secret mastermind of this band somehow? I think Tyler, I mean, we've always said he's the band mom, like right. he runs the band, keeps everybody safe, like defends them. But at the same time, like. I think he has a lot more sway than he lets on. Sure. Like, hey, Ty, why don't you do a song or something? He's like, nah, nah, man. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm, already do all the songs. Well, you know, I, we, we do have a, uh, uh, a song later on this album where Ed and Ty split the lead vocals. Mm-hmm. So I am very excited to get a little more Ty on this album. <laughs> I'm um, excited too. Yeah. That's, that's track four, four seconds. 
Uh, so um, we're looking forward to that one. Uh, actually, that's one I do know. Jesus. Oh, you're going to hate that song so much. I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me how to feel. <laughs> Ev, uh, I'm excited for more than one reason. I'm excited to hear what this new album's read is going to be. So, Ev, lead us off with the first read from this new album. This was incredibly hard. Okay. Um, because, like, I had to reconceptualize because we no longer have Time, Time, Time Traveler Steve in there. Sure. And he really set the bar for reads. So I had to think, like, break. Ed is forward-looking. Ed, the band is looking forward. They're trying to break with the past. Sure. Uh, they're trying to envision the future without Steve. So I'm trying to think of, like, what what deals with the future? What deals with, like ideas and thoughts and like putting everything together sure. in a situation and i'm like oh obviously science fiction not only science fiction but like as everyone knows bnl boys big movie fans okay so i was thinking just science fiction movies obviously um it's pretty clear okay once you, like once you get down to it sure yeah absolutely i followed that note for note exactly what you were saying so science fiction well, if you did uh repeat it back to me steve gone no time travel, so it's time for science fiction. That's the long and short of it. The bookends make a lot of sense. TLDR. To me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so so uh, okay, so science fiction movie for you, Run Away. What do we have? Well, obviously, The Running Man from 1987. Oh shit, that's a good. Starring, of course, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Maria Conchita Alonso, and uh, Richard Dawson. Okay, um, interesting. So, uh, um, so the the movie is set in the year. 2019 okay <laughs> the very future this may seem very familiar economic collapse has turned the u.s into a police state <laughs> oh boy <laughs> censorship runs rampant and the only thing that people are really into are this like american gladiator slash pro wrestling slash literal gladiatorial arena where um contestants criminals are put into like a, uh, a manhunt situation where they're hunted by pro wrestlers with sticks sure um so runners versus stalkers uh, so they're using it to sort of execute convicted criminals, and you can get your um, your sentence lifted if you survive. But uh, weren't we just weren't we talking like two episodes ago about killing game movies? Yep. Oh, okay, okay, That's good. That's why it was fresh in my mind. Dovetail, love it, baby. Go ahead. <laughs> yep. Uh, so uh, Schwarzenegger plays the incredibly American Ben Richards. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, as if Arnold Schwarzenegger could pass for a Ben Richards. <laughs> love that. So he is a government helicopter pilot who is playing for a mass framed for a massacre gets put in prison breaks out with a bunch of rebels doesn't want to be a rebel goes to his brother's apartment his brother has actually been taken for re-education so his the apartment has now actually gone to maria conchita lanzo who um you may remember from uh, vampire's kiss she is the like the oh yeah she is the the poor secretary who nick cage just basically like sure harasses and like like I- just a nightmare scenario the yes. entire movie yes um she was also in predator too but uh yeah she's a she's actually a pretty famous like cuban uh singer um so and then the villain is richard dawson uh who is the host of family feud yeah i love what a great turn for him uh, so he plays killian the guy who's hosting the show but uh basically schwarzenegger gets put into this uh this fucking american gladiator thing in in you know shitted out lost las vegas like a broken part of uh los angeles that is a uh, um no longer habitable um so he kills all these fucking pro wrestlers like sub-zero yes a uh, guy who like freezes you he like strangles him with a barbed wire buzzsaw gets cut in half with his own buzzsaw dynamo who's like a guy who shoots electric and also is like an opera singer yeah very strange uh, 
yeah I, if you haven't seen running man folks it's go see great running man it yeah. is a nightmare and a delightful nightmare but it's nothing like the stephen king novel which is actually kind of like a gritty like in the stephen king novel you're like when you decide to be the running man uh you're basically like put on america's most wanted list and they keep like everyone is trying to catch you because if they catch you they get money yes that's right so you're you're trying to like escape this and, and I, so that's, that's that's i'm sorry i should say the bachman because it was he was writing under richard bachman at the time but um i remember in the book too ben is described as like the scrawniest like he's a paper pusher and they yeah. cast arnold schwarzenegger Arnold's for him which yeah, is so fucking good <laughs> it's a very different shtick and you know what i love both of them equally for different reasons yes yeah um so anyway uh ben richards they fight through this fucking american gladiator style thing running away um and uh basically it turns out that it's a trick the host has been tricking everybody and it, instead of even the people who win are actually just barbecued by uh, um fireball yeah okay that's fun uh, there's also captain freedom who is a retired it's like the the russell crowe gladiator movie with like russell crowe and uh, um joaquin phoenix sure where um they try to bring back this old gladiator to kill him because he's getting too powerful and captain freedom says no oh shit delightful like, I coming back to kill this guy he's a good man in my book but yeah they turn the tables and whatnot so this is um this is basically the the song is basically written from Killian's perspective of Ben Richards. So Arnold Schwarzenegger does run away. He does turn and stay and kills the fucking uh, guys who are after him. Sure. Uh, I tried to be your brother. His brother is actually taken for government reeducation and shows up later. Um, I made a mess of the government. Who doesn't? You know. <laughs> right. The government's doing its best, but it's not enough. So you need this uh, this like bread and circuses, right? To keep sure. everybody keep the mass entertained. Um, I'll give you something you can cry about. How about electric uh, buzz saws? How about <laughs> fireballs? <laughs> Good, yeah. And uh, hold a mirror shoulder high. Arnold Schwarzenegger is um, famously small. Sure, yes, very, very he tiny. Is, and I think he's like normal. <laughs> I think he's like five foot eleven or something. So how did you how did you interpret that? I'm curious. If you if you can make that make sense to me, you're gonna tie the whole thing together. Well, this is a this is a young Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is Arnold Schwarzenegger from like Pumping Iron, the Pumping Iron Age, right? Where he's like, yeah, I like to fuck women, <laughs> right? Like that's his whole thing. Oh. Like uh, I remember one one New Year's Day, we used to do, we used to do, we still do, and I don't know if we'll do it in the year of COVID. Like my family throws like a New Year's brunch because. We're too old for a New Year's party. Sure. So just come be hung over at our house and we watch movies and stuff. And one of them was the, I remember one year we were watching the director's commentary of Conan the Barbarian <laughs> and Arnold Schwarzenegger was on it. And he was obviously did not remember a single thing from the movie. Wow. Like, yeah, I punched a camel. <laughs> um, that was <laughs> fun. He was like, just that was... laughing at the things that were happening in the movie. Yeah, like <laughs> he was obviously like watching it for the first time. So this is like the coked out like uh... Arnold Schwarzenegger from like the uh, 1980s where he's, he's like, he hasn't hit kindergarten cop yet where he's like the, the sure. family icon. So he's just like this fucking meathead who's like doing steroids and doing uh, all sorts of, all sorts of weird stuff. And I, I forget your question. Well, I, I, I think I've, I've thought about it in my head and kind of answered it, which is, you know, that hold a mirror shoulder high when you're older, look you in the eye, because I think older Arnold Schwarzenegger has a lot to answer from younger Arnold Schwarzenegger's actions, right? Because, you know, he had that the kid out of wedlock with his maid mm -hmm. and like older Arnold Schwarzenegger is actually kind of a stand up dude and like a good person a little Arnold bit. Schwarzenegger is kind of a piece of shit um, as a person in general, like all old young all over he's okay. kind of a piece of shit like okay. i heard i um i had a friend who used to work for NetJets, um who was the people who you if you can't afford to like own your own private jet you would like fraction it's like the timeshare of jets sure 
So, um, and everyone who worked with Arnold Schwarzenegger told them that he was like famously handsy, famously like Still? aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Even this was wow. like less than ten years ago. Okay, like, I take it all so, back. I mean, but he's got he's got some progressive views now. Yes. See, that's so, a- as a, like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, truly, all I know about him is is when he breaks from you know the the gop uh and mm-hmm. and you know everybody wear your mask like that was a big fucking yeah. deal I mean, he's, and he's like sort of he's definitely his politics are closer to where i want them to be than a lot of other politicians yeah it's like the most that's like damning with faint praise sure I yeah like Arnold Schwarzenegger, i like his movies that's all i'm gonna sure. say about him he's a real dewine-esque who do you think would win in a fight between schwarzenegger <laughs> and, and dewine i think dewine is like the guy who got beaten up in high school so like practiced martial arts for like 20 years so he could learn like the dim mock sure and then, like goes back and like picks a fight in the bar with like a guy who beat up in high school and then just like punches him right in the throat first Kills thing him, yeah. and he's like oh, i don't even understand he's so big and i'm so little and he like, gets off on a technicality but like he knew like he knew sure that, that was gonna kill this guy hey both referenced in uh in isolation tiny horses arnold schwarzenegger and then oh 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 uh, yeah of course yeah, so obviously uh, Stephen Page wants them wants the cage match. Sure, Page sure, in sure. the cage. Page in the cage. Um, so yeah, so he's he has to answer for his younger self's crimes. Good, I like that. Ev, well done. Good job. <laughs> now it's time to rate this song. As usual, Ev, we rate our songs on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed. The more clothes this song is wearing, the worse it is. The fewer clothes, the better. So on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed, Ev, where are you putting this song? I've never had a bad breakup. I've had like breakups where uh, my partner and I, my, my romantic partner and I are no longer friends. We don't talk to each other, but it's always something that happens slowly. Um, like we just kind of like drifted apart or just didn't talk to each other. Or we found out that like we were actually pieces of shit in the relationship and neither of us like each other, but it was never like, like a screaming match. Like I never, like I never had like the same thing where like somebody's like throwing my clothes out onto the, you know, sure. Get out, get out of the right, apartment. Right. Like, I remember a high school girlfriend I had who was like that dramatic and I'm like, Oh, never want that again. So I, uh, so I specifically like anytime any of my romantic partners showed any like ounce of that level of drama where they'd like, like fly off the handle. I'm like, Oh, this doesn't seem like the relationship for me. Like, I just can't, I, I'm not, I'm not emotionally or like mentally equipped to handle this sort of. Drama. Sure. So, but somehow I've gotten into one of those relationships. Sure. Okay. Either, either they're, um, they just, they just have something like, yeah, they're just, they just have something I need. They got, they got something. And, uh, so I'm in this relationship, but I've done something wrong. You know, I'm not the kind of guy who cheats on people. I'm not the kind of guy. So I can't imagine, like, I just, it's probably one of those situations where we just got into an argument because one of us said the wrong thing and then refused to like immediately realize sure. it was the wrong thing. And then like everyone just kept doubling down and getting sure. angrier and angrier and, um, so I come home from work and uh, they're throwing my fucking clothes out on the uh, um, thing. Like they take my they take my flat screen, throw it out. They take all like seven hundred thousand novels I have sure. in my bookshelf and throw it out and stuff like that. And I'm just like sitting there trying to push these clothes to my chest. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, this is our apartment. They're like, your name's not on the lease, bitch. <laughs> okay. And uh, they just throw that. Then they throw like a fucking air conditioner out and it s- smashes on the floor. Um, and I'm like sitting there in my work clothes, clutching clothes to my chest. And I'm like, what, what am I going to do? So I like just kind of wander off. And, um, I like, I, I, uh, get a hotel room and I'm changing, but I've only got the clothes in my hands and my clothes in my hands are like this ripped up pair of shorts that I love. I've had for a million years. 
Um, I've been through I've been through seven or eight albums with it. I can't quite remember. <laughs> um, I've got this like T-shirt. It's one of my favorite T-shirts. It's got Galron the Klingon on it, um, with like big staring Galron eyes. Chancellor Galron. Never seen you in that shirt. Well, I don't show it to you. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Asshole. <laughs> Only for my real friends. <laughs> so I'm in my favorite shirt. Uh, I'm in like t-shirt and I'm like, uh, okay, you know what? I just need a clean break. All my shit's on the lawn. Like, I'm just gonna, um, you know, I'm just gonna show up tomorrow. Hope it doesn't rain and clean it all up. But it's like me in the hotel room, pay-per-view comes on and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to order, I'm going to order Talladega Nights Mm -hmm. because this is 2006 and I haven't seen it yet. Okay. And, uh, laugh my ass off just sitting on the thing. I'm like, you know what? I feel comfortable here. I'm excited for what's to come. And that's my that's my thing. Me and me and my favorite shorts, my favorite shirt, good old band. You know, I love. I know it's it's. We've had good times. We've had sure, bad times. Sure, sure. And you know what? I'm looking forward to the future. This okay. Is okay. This is not a great situation I'm in right now, but I'm not. I'm holding out hope that okay. my, my life's going to get better. Interesting. All right. So you're looking to the future. I think I'm looking to the past. <laughs> um, I've and been low on... to chi un- and low unto and you low... to become a. <laughs> The goat came down from the mountain. Um, I have been on vacation, and you say, hey, bud, I know you're getting back on Friday. Saturday, we're doing a little thing at my house, so if you want to come over, come over. This is a post-COVID era that we live in. I say, okay, sounds great. Uh, so Saturday comes, I come over to your house, and I knock on your front door, and I got this shit-eating grin on my face, and I, you answer the door, and I go, I just gesture up and down, and I go, what do you think? And what I'm wearing is like a, a long sleeve black shirt, uh, and it says um, "Spooky and the Big Boys Halloween Screamatorium" on it. And that sounds like my favorite shirt. <laughs> and uh, goodbye, Galron. Give me that spooky. I've got long, long pants, and they are like uh, vertical black, white, and neon green stripes just down the pants. And you go. Ooh, you got a whole like Beetlejuice vibe, <laughs> like a Tim Burton, like an eighty, a nineties Tim Burton blacklight vibe. Basically, Love it. and you say, you say, where did you get these? And I say, let me tell you the story. And then we wave flashback. Uh, and uh, my partner and I were on vacation in Toronto, and we're just we're walking around the city, having a good old cities. time. Love it. Oh, what a great city. Uh, and um, and I, we're in the residential area for some reason. We're going back to our Airbnb, and there's a garage sale. And I say, come on, let's stop at this garage sale. She's like, oh, it's it's four o'clock they're probably like getting ready to close i said come on let's go just see we get to this it's a huge mansion i've never been to a canadian garage <laughs> <laughs> i want to see i i believe they call them yardies here which is very strange <laughs> so i say let's go let's hit a yardie uh and uh and they are <laughs> it's this big mansion and i'm like oh shit this is kind of cool and we go up to the the yard and uh sitting behind the fucking fold-out card table is stephen page and i go holy sh- holy shit, you're Stephen Page. And he goes, yeah, okay, I guess I am. And he's like, pa- everything is packed up. And most of it is gone anyway. He's, he sold everything. And I'm like, uh, uh, what, are you still open? He's like, no, I'm. everything is, pa-. listen, here's what I have left is this fucking dumbass shirt and these like Beetlejuice pants I had left over from my Halloween costume that nobody wanted to buy. And I say, oh, done, done, I'll buy them, I'll buy them. And that's what I've come of. I've come back from Toronto with Stephen Page's used clothes to impress you with. And they're not impressive. Without the context behind them, you have absolutely... If you didn't have those good times, this would just be a uh, 
kind of shitty adult contemporary that. song. I'm pretty excited by your comments. Okay, that's right. Speaking of the big boys, Halloweenatorium is pretty good. Um, but that's that's what this song is. I, I think it's a long sleeve shirt. It's long pants. They're both kind of ugly but fun, and they give you good vibes. But, uh, you know, it's not horrible. Definitely not the worst song they've ever done. There's a lot of good parts to it. But uh, I'm looking to the past. I'm missing my Stevie boy. But I'm, I'm, I'll move forward. I'll trudge. I'll walk through hey, the... Man. You know, if I have to be if I have to be the only hope this podcast has left, I can I can take that role on. We're turning it around. It used to be that I was the excited one and you were the curmudgeonly one. But here we go. Let's do it. Let's write this ship. And we're going to write this podcast when we come right back with more. It's all been done. A Bare Naked Ladies podcast. (laughs) Hey, Evan. What What about Bluetooth for other things? Not just sound. Uh, okay, so Bluetooth for heat. Can I like? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or like, or like sandwiches. Sure, Bluetooth for sandwiches. So what does that? I understand all of those words separately. When so I like, put them in you, combination. Let's say you love a. Let's say you love a subway. Let's say you love a subway foot <laughs> uh, You sign up for the subway Bluetooth app. <laughs> Um, you get your Bluetooth sub. You get your Bluetooth sub printer. Sure, absolutely. And you order a sub, and then it just prints it for you. I believe what you're describing is teleportation. <laughs> Are you describing? Tele- no, no, no. Because it's not taking a sub from one place to another. Oh. It is literally creating the sub sure. for you in the. So like, the the uh, Bluetooth sub printer has like. Um, uh, meats, oh. it has breads, it, yeah. has, it just assembles it like on the spot. Yeah, ham flavored string. Yeah, dude, I I mean, now what you're describing is 3D printing. A, a process that we have, but we don't have it for food. You're right, you're right, you're right. Mm-hmm. I would like... So, so what, is, what does Bluetooth mean to you? Bluetooth is when you take a thing from one place and put it in another. I think it is teleportation. Because my phone is no longer making the sound when I attach it to my Bluetooth mm-hmm. speaker. It's now the speaker making the sound that the phone would make, right? And why is it called Bluetooth? I'm sure that well, there's an actual reason. I think it's named for like a pirate. That's exactly what I was going to fucking say. Bluetooth <laughs> the pirate. The pirate with so many cavities that he made his legend known. Um, yeah. Well, I know that uh, there was a Scandinavian king, Harold Bluetooth. Sure. Or Denmark. Danish. A Danish, Danish king. Yeah, and he was course. known for his He was known for his blue teeth because tooth decay was a real big problem uh-huh. back then, as you would imagine. Um, and he had like his two blue teeth that would not, um, they never went rotten. And that's why he was known for them. Interesting. Did he paint them? Were they fake teeth? No, they just, they just looked kind of, I mean, I'm sure they look kind of shitty because they're fucking old man's teeth. Sure. In an age before you brushed or like had any fluoride in anywhere. So, but like everyone else's teeth were fucking rotted out and he had, he still had two good teeth that looked good. I and see. And everyone's like, oh, check that out. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, the, um. Uh, Captain Bluetooth, where the word actually comes from, uh, he used to ride his ship only in fog, and he used to put another ship out in front of it, and he connected the two with uh, cans and string, and they would yell into the cans on his main ship, and people would think, oh my god, that's a ghost ship ahead of me. Oh my god, is that the ghost story one, where the the, uh, the front ship sinks, yes. and then yes. Bluetooth's, Bluetooth's just talking to the can, mm-hmm. but he can still hear the ghosts from the other ship? That's correct. And that's where the blue, the first Bluetooth came the from? The first Bluetooth, yeah. God, wild. Oh man, I remember, I remember that story. It's a Ooh, good story. Cool. It's a good story. Um, and you know what else is a good story? Yes, I do, Ev. There's a great story if you simply listen to... Boy, the Bible. Sh- the greatest story ever told. <laughs> t- 
So, you like podcasts, huh? There's a little podcast I listen to called Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, how about, uh, oh, here we go. Uh, a new podcast. Introducing Okashina Podcast, anime with friends. Uh-oh. That does not sound good. Okashina Podcast? Yeah, I mean, weird, a strange podcast. <laughs> is that what that means? Yeah, Okashi is like strange, but like not in a good way. Oh, I see. Oh, bad, strange podcast. Well, I mean, actually, I think it is in anime culture. Like, if someone's in Okashi, it's like a. It just means odd or off putting. I see, like I that. see. Uh, in this podcast, of course, we join producers. I hope, I hope, unless I've forgotten what that actually means. <laughs> we, well, it checks out because we're joining producer and host Sabrina Ray from A Cruel Angels podcast and her childhood friend Don as they discuss odd, amusing, and oddly amusing anime from Japan and beyond. Deep dives, dated references, weeb shit. It says. Uh, Okashina podcast uh, hasn't even started at the time we're recording this, Ev. Uh, but it starts uh, when August 24th, so it'll be long out by the time this comes around. And I was absolutely wrong. Okashi is, is means weird, but like in a good way. Oh, okay. It's a bad way, but I meant like I was thinking hen, but it's actually like it's actually like a good way. Okay. Um, so like like weird in a funny way. Got it. Okay. So funny and weird. Okay, that's good. So like our our podcast could be Okashi. Okay. All right. What's the bad weird? What's the, like I feel uncomfortable weird? Uh. What's like, the, my friend's dad is driving me home and he won't stop telling me stories about Vietnam. Weird. Sekuhara. Sekuhara. <laughs> Boku no Sekuhara is an anime that they will discuss on Okashina Podcast. Um, Ev, any, uh, any anime recs for us? How the fuck would I have anime <laughs> I don't know. Paranoia, Paranoia Agent was a good anime. Yes, it is. It's a good anime. All right, cool. That's the only anime you've ever enjoyed in your life. Uh, the new Castlevania series on Netflix is Fucking okay. Fucking sucks. Okay, because I only watched the first and I stopped watching it. I th- the first was terrible, but it gets it gets a little bit better. I thought you were my comrade in arms because everybody fucking loves it. And for some reason, I feel like you and I had this discussion where we were both like, why do people like this? This is fucking garbage. But now you're against me. Now the world. Well, I, I was mo- I was mainly concerned because they talk about like uh, bestiality in the first episode. They sure do. Kind of like brushes by. Yeah. It was really weird. Um, it's an extended. It doesn't brush by. It holds yeah. on that farmer talking about fucking a sheep for a really long time. <laughs> yeah, and like, I guess to just show how backwards and horrible like the proletariat is, and how they need like magical half vampire hunters to save them. Yeah, and again. Not a great show. I didn't. I didn't really like 100% enjoy. It. I, I shouldn't say not a great show. I did not enjoy it, but it wasn't bad. Okay, you could say not a great show. Well, I don't want to make objective. I can't make. I mean, it's a. I'm I making don't... a subjective. I'm making a subjective judgment, and I can't make. I think the problem is I don't want to make that objective. I'm not gonna say it's a bad show because obviously people like it. So I don't think. But I'll say that I didn't. It didn't work for me. Okay. All right. I don't think. But I still watched three quarters of the first season. Oh wow, that's all. Okay, what stopped you? Was there another uh, long sheep fucking talk? It's also only no, like to, eight I episodes. To, I wanted to finish it with. I wanted to finish it with a friend. Oh, I see. And uh, I, it's been it's been COVID. COVID so. Sure. Anyway, that's Okashina Podcast, only on the Orange Groves Podcasting Network. And we're back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Now's the time in the show when we spin that big wheel and see which segment we come up with for You Run Away, Steve's goodbye tune. Goodbye. Another postcard with chimpanzees. Uh, so another postcard. Where would the narrator vacation? What postcards would they send and to whom? 
oh, oh I like this one. Because the narrator in this song is very, very, very clearly Ed. So this is Ed. He's writing this song. So we're in the period between Bernicked Ladies Are Men and this album, right? So where mm-hmm. the fuck where is he going on vacation? Um This is I how- feel like the funnest place he could think some place that he and Steve had a good time at. Oh no. Okay. So the IX Indoor Amusement Park. The IX Indoor Amusement Park. Sure. We're gonna put a little bit of that clip in right here. So cool, so fun. If you're not here, you're the only one. Follow rides inside. Jump up, slide down, spin it around. So cool, so fun. What a great place to meet someone. Party on till after dark at the IX Indoor Amusement Park. It's here today, not gonna stay. Go right away to the IX Indoor Amusement Park. Gotta get to the IX Indoor Amusement Park. Previous, you can find it. previous friend of the show, uh, Kyle Wirtz, aka Mayor Wirtz, uh, just tracked the IX Indoor Amusement Park theme for Beat Saber. So if you're in Beat Saber, you can uh, play the IX Indoor Amusement Park theme, hit all those notes. Um, yeah, so uh, so so it's like whatever the whatever the Edmonton equivalent of the IX Indoor Amusement Park is like whatever. Tro- oh, I was at that. Did you go to Edmonton? My, not Edmonton, but Toronto. My orchestra, my youth orchestra, played in Toronto one weekend when I was like in. I had to have been high school, but I was like a freshman, uh-huh. and we went to this like. Because, you know, we're fucking 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds playing orchestra music. So we played at, like, this competition. And then we went to the CN Tower. We went to, like, a nice restaurant. And then we went to this, like, amusement park place. And it was, like, not an actual amusement park, but, like, a shitty indoor amusement park. Like, video games and, like, uh, smelled like vomit and stuff like that. So I I was there. I don't remember what it was called. Okay. Good. This was good context to have. So you know exactly yeah, I just where... remember, if there is... This place does exist, is what I'm okay. saying. And I have been there. Let's call it Gordy Downs Fun Emporium. <laughs> so, these guys are at... They call it the Downs in Toronto. Uh, yeah. Ed goes to the Downs on vacation. And he, they call it the Dunes. The Dunes. Um, I think he definitely buys a bunch of postcards from the Dunes. And I think I think his postcards are like the like you go into that photo booth and it takes a picture yeah. of you and like makes a postcard there. Sure, yeah. So it's like him hanging out with all of Steve's old friends. Oh, is he sending these to Steve? Is that where we're going with this? It's just talking. Oh, yeah. Him? Why would Why would you not? It's like Ed and the Gooch. They're there. The, <laughs> Steve's best friend, the Gooch. Morning yeah. DJ, the Gooch. <laughs> Sure, absolutely. So Ed is trying hey, to make. Hey, you don't. You fucking downplay the Gooch. The Gooch gave them a lot of airtime when they really needed it. Back it's in the true. Day. The Yellow Tape, the Gooch. That's his favorite album. Um, so he's taunting Steve. He's 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 trying to make Steve feel bad. And uh, the postcard itself isn't like actually a postcard. It's just the 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 like um, top one hundred alternative like. Uh, rating list and it's just showing all the new songs and where they're ranking. oh sure and you run away is at number 21 or whatever the fuck it is yeah okay interesting interesting do they send any other post- he, postcards to anyone else he keeps sending he keeps sending the same postcards like of him having fun but like it's just showing you want you run away climbing the charts okay <laughs> interesting sure absolutely uh so it's just steve over and over again steve is getting pissed um i would imagine so or does he handle it well so yeah, I don't know. 
why don't you why don't you be steve uh sending postcards back oh shit where does steve go what does he do sure so i think steve is taking a little sabbatical in new york he's writing his first album he's getting back together with his good friend Stephen duffy of the muffy company um mm. and Duffy's muffies. i think he gets this postcard and he's just fucking the first postcard he gets he's furious but when the second one comes in he's bemused and by the time the third one rolls in steve is loving these postcards because he knows because it was it was it started at 73 and then it went up to 50 and then it went up to 46 and then it went up to four so he could see that this is like it's never going to chart as high as a steve led bare naked lady song right so the postcard that he sends back is um he just uh you know i so I guess my question, like, does Ed stop sending the postcards when it stops charting? God, I think, yeah, before it's Ed's like, I really fucked myself. And then <laughs> he's like, I'm not going to do this anymore. And then like Jim just like grabs his hand and is like, you finished what you started. <laughs> yes. Even they say, legend has it that even now today, he's sending Steve postcards charting <laughs> you run away. <laughs> it's like number 900,000. Um, so yeah, I think Steve sends back... Uh, just like really genial postcards of him in the studio, having a good time, wish you were here, uh, and just like... Uh, just doing a line after line of Coke. Oh, yeah. doing Yes, postcards of him doing line after line of Coke. Uh, and I think when you... There's secret messages encoded in the postcards, and they, they kind of spell out like, uh, uh, when you are gone, I shall last forever. Uh, and so he's just, you know, he's, he's giving Ed the secret message and Ed knows how to decode it. Like, yeah, there's like pictures of him, like at a child's birthday party doing lines of Coke, like just showing like, yeah, now that I don't have this fucking kid's album to like market, I can do Coke anywhere I want. (laughs) He's proudly, it's the the page Coke series. He does it on the bus. He does it at the party. I think those, uh, those, uh, that series was up on eBay, like a couple, (laughs) like for, um, it was like feline AIDS or something. Sure, sure. Um, like to support feline AIDS. Not to combat yeah, it, Ed, to support it. Yep, we gotta, we gotta get those cats with AIDS. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's I think that's that's the series. Yeah, off of the uh, row of apples at the grocery store. Just Steve having a good old time. Um, yeah. Okay. Good. Well, we did it from both sides. That's fantastic. <laughs> Now's the time in the show when we take an email from our friends, our fans, our voracious little viziers. <laughs> you got a better one? Ooh. Oh, that's a good one, too. Uh, I like Viziers. Good. Uh, You can send an email to us. It's all been done. Podcast at gmail.com. This one is from our friend TK. TK. Uh, Hi, TK. TK. Hi, TK. TK has... Oh, TK. TK. TK, the king. Um, TK has a question for each of us, Ev. Uh, So, um, question... Uh, he says, "Here's yours. Because it will question the first. Because it will annoy Evan. If each of the BNL boys was a 20th century U.S. Republican president, who would each one be?" Uh, <laughs> you got anything? Sure. <laughs> well, please, my friend, go crazy, go wild. 20th century Republican president. Can you? So, um, do you even know them? Uh, can you? Yeah, I know, I know, like, I know a lot. I mean, like, there's um, Reagan, uh-huh. Bush, Bush the second, sure. Trump. Um, <laughs> well, Trump isn't 20th century. Uh, oh, yeah, he isn't. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, so Reagan, Bush, Bush the second, um, Nixon. Sure. Uh, 
Eisenhower was Republican, I think. Okay. All right. So let's let's yeah, I can't, let's drill I can't down. go back too far. My brain doesn't go I don't care about US history. That's fine. <laughs> uh can you Oh, you're looking it up right now. Uh so if we No, I'm not. Oh, okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> now again, we only I'm doing this all from memory. We only have to do 4. So can you give me four presidents for these four men? I suppose I Please, could. Please, by all means. Um, all right. So, um, I feel like Ed is like, right now, he's an Eisenhower. Okay. Because he's, you know, he's getting the troops in line, getting everything situated after, you know, Steve has, like, left the party. Sure. Um, so, yeah, he's an Eisenhower. He's getting this all, this shit put together. I feel like, um, Tyler... Jesus, Tyler's like a fucking maybe a Taft. No, <laughs> I'm gonna give Tyler. I'm gonna make Tyler Reagan. Okay. Because, Why? Because he's he's with the party, but he's also just kind of along for the ride. Okay. Right. I mean, he did a lot of. Uh, they all did a lot of shitty things. Okay. okay. All, right. <laughs> all right. You don't have to tell me. That's fine. And uh, um, and I feel like Reagan and Reaganomics and like pushing the fucking Contras and shit like that. Like he did all that stuff, but at the same time, I don't think Reagan. Oh. <laughs> you're really yeah because I want, I want i want i want tyler to be w but that's just that's 2001 so i can't him that's fine let's include w let's let's do w that's fine i mean w on his own was just like a a trust fund idiot with um like authoritarian leaning sure but like all of his cadres like cheney and rumsfeld and all those shitheads uh um and again i am not a gw bush apologist right. i'm just saying he was he was bad to begin with, but like all of these fucking cronies that are manipulating him to get like, um, you know, to invade Iraq and to to undermine all the fucking. Uh, um, he just went along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like democratic things in the United States. Yeah, he's a bad. Sure. Dude. So yeah, Tyler's George W. Bush. Okay, good. Um, Kev, Kev is a. Um, you know what? I'm gonna make Ted. Uh, Kev, my favorite Republican oh, president, boy. Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, that's not bad. I would say of all the Republican presidents from 1900 onward, Theodore Roosevelt is the only one I would say did a adequate, if not good job. <laughs> okay, wow, that's high praise coming from I mean, you. Eisenhower approaches that, which is why I'm going to make Jim Eisenhower okay. because he was a technician who did got a lot of shit done. Wait, who was? Um, I thought uh, I thought Ed was Eisenhower. Oh fuck! Never mind. <laughs> this is hard I'll for make you. Make him Hoover then. Okay, good. There's a shit about Hoover. Um, yeah, Hoover was a uh, an engineer, like a uh, um, so he he helped a bit with regards to yeah, just these are I mean, so hard. none of these are none of these are good. Like <laughs> I, I, he's really fucking. You're right, it pisses me off. Thank you. Well, let me tell you before before I get to my question, how he signed off, which was your friend, your fan, your crumbly little conservative, TK. So TK might be the only conservative American ladies. Oh wow! Person wow, who listens to this podcast, perhaps. And again, I don't, I don't have anything against traditional conservative thought, uh-huh. like from a from like a British sense, but like American conservatism is frustrating. Yes. to me on a lot of levels. Yeah, 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 yeah. legit. Um, his question for me. Uh, I'm surprised that a conservative is still listening to our for show. For sure, for how much we rag After the on million rants we've been on. The current, but again. Yeah. I actually have a number of conservative friends who are now Democrats, basically, because the well, Democrats have American so Democrat far Party, center, yeah. as like as constituted, is 
basically the conservative party from yes, 30 years that ago. that is 100% correct. Uh, Saker, to get in tune with Sailor Moon, Barenaked Ladies task you with picking a single Sailor Moon song, sub or dub. Hey, fuck off! To perform. Good one. <laughs> what do you pick and who sings lead? I love that I can pick a song from the sub so that they would have to sing Japanese lyrics. And I'm very, very, very tempted just to have them do fucking like heart move. I mean, Moon Revenge is a badass song and it would sound great. But to hear Ed Robertson singing his approximation of Japanese uh, would not be complimentary at all. So I am going to go with a, a song from the American Sailor Moon soundtrack. Uh, and that's going to be She's Got the Power, which is a Stan Bush jam. The dude. She's got the touch. She's got the power. Same artist, it? Stan Bush. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> Man, that, that's a guy who just keeps writing the same song over and over again and cashing the fucking paychecks. 100%. It's like, oh, you want me to do one? Uh, what what movie? Um, uh, okay, okay, what movie? Uh, Baby Driver? All right. <laughs> Baby's got the power. <laughs> He's got the drive. Um, but uh, yeah, this song, it fucking rules uh, unequivocally. And uh, I'm going to put a little clip of it right here. She's got the power. She's got the power. She's got the power. Yeah, she's got the power. Uh, and he said, uh, "Who would you? Who sings lead?" I think with the setup we have now, it's going to have to be Ed. Uh, I would like to see the spin that he would give it. Uh, so, yeah, um, mine was very easy. I did not have to pick four anythings, uh, and <laughs> that song rules. So, BNL, if you're listening, She's Got the Power, track 10 off of songs from the hit TV series, uh, released February 27th, 1996. I bought it from Suncoast Video. <laughs> Maybe you can do the same. If you're listening, you're not conservative. <laughs> you are probably Democratic president. Well, you could be conservative. You could be uh, Republican presidents. Um, prior to you know the 60s sure. when basically they switched platforms with the democrats sure. 50 years ago yeah ebo mm. we done did it that's another episode down the drain <laughs> we wasted our time as usual ev uh you can catch us on the discord you can catch us on facebook yep. Like Pokemon, you could catch us, but you have to wear us down first. You do. You have to beat the shit out of us and then throw a net over us and drag us yeah, away. What a problematic, like, 100% IP. cockfighting. Yeah. I mean... I've been I've been rewatching some Pokemon with my young son. Oh, really? And he, does, he doesn't really hate it, but, like, at the same time, I'm like, man, like, this is what I watched and enjoyed. Like, dogfighting, where you can, like, capture the dogs and then they have to serve you yeah yeah but they become your friends too when you capture them it kind of brainwashes them a little bit yep. yeah once they go in the pokeball they get like the gene therapy that makes them 100 uh, on your <laughs> exactly. side exactly uh boy i can't wait to get to the age where my i can watch things that i that have some semblance of plot with my son god that's gonna be good yep yep oh, that's, boy. Uh, uh, he's he, my son still isn't ready for that because like uh i can tell by the questions he asks that he's not following anything <laughs> but he loves octonauts yeah, I mean, Octonauts is different. Octonauts is incredibly slow. Got like it. Pokemon, they talk at like a normal human sure, talking space, sure. like pace. He's like, why did her hair go up? <laughs> okay. Like, okay, because she got splashed by water, dude. Like, I don't know what to tell That's you, That's a man. visual thing. He got confused. Oh, He's... what a cutie. Love that boy. Um, Ebo, uh, check us out on Facebook. Like us on there. Uh, our Twitter. Why don't you marry him? Your boy? Why don't you marry him? 
I have I have a partner. I guess I could divorce her. Are you okay? If you really love my boy, I'll marry him. Why don't you marry I, him? I'm done. Uh, I you fucker, you just you just you just fell from my trap. Oh you no, piece of shit. Oh, have a seat right you over just here. Married a three year old. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, I'm no longer. I'm gonna keep doing this podcast with you, but we are no longer friends. <laughs> oh no, Ebbo. I will still go on vacation with you, but we are no longer friends. <laughs> uh, check us out on Twitter at BinDunePod. Um, you can check out up to track seven from Snack Time. Louis Loon now up on the Patreon. Uh, so check that out. Um, we're we're slowly whittling away at Snack Time. Um, Ebbo, what do you got to plug this week? I like snark time because we just make jokes on each other. There it is, snark time. I'm gonna plug plug comedy. Are you gonna do? Are you doing a uh, full parody album for snack time called Snark Time? No. You could. It would be funny. People would like it. (laughs) All eleven listeners. (laughs) Uh. Uh. Yeah. All right. Well. Cool. So, what are you plugging? comedy nice love it thank you <laughs> we need that the divine comedies dante's dante, divine comedy. the band the divine comedy every divine comedy you can find and lo matthew came down from ecclesiations and said to me thou shalt enjoy the comedic stylings of Patton oswalt um i'm going to plug uh, a drama just so we can have the masks fully covered i'm saker I'm smiling. (laughs) And we'll see you again in one week. Styling.